today we are doing a creative episode. Yes. Yeah. I'm very excited. Today it's all about me. Today is all about you. <laughs> yes. Today you have the license to be. I'm so happy. <laughs> <laughs> so ego like today is all about me. Oh, yeah, it, it's never about you. It's yeah, all about me. yeah, yeah. So today we put the focus on This is my area of expertise. Yeah. So today we are going to talk about photography. Hi guys. Hi guys. It is the Love Gram segment. Yes, where we randomly pick one or two of your messages that you send us uh, and we want to share it with all of you. So this is from uh, Yukwen. She says, Hello Dan and Rebecca. Just dropping a note that you've got a fan all the way here in Central Asia. <laughs> Uzbekistan mm. specifically. I've been following your episodes while solo traveling through this continent and hearing your voices and your singlish brings me so much joy mm. and a connection to home in this foreign land. Mm. I love all your topics and I would burst out laughing in the middle of a crowd <laughs> or on the train. Rebecca, I want to let you know that you speak beautifully. Mm. You may think you express yourself better with written words, but I love the way you string your thoughts together while doing the podcast and a conversation with Daniel. I also catch little snippets of excellent dry humour in your responses. <laughs> Don't let your internal perceived fear stop you from speaking, presenting more. I look forward to your next 51 episodes. Oh, thank you, Yorks. Is that it? Is that it? Uh, what else? Um, much love to both of you and have a good one ahead. Thank love you, Yokun. Thank you. So this is what um, I've been hearing, the feedback that I've been getting, especially from Singaporeans who are based overseas. Homesick Singapore. They love, like the moment they tune into the Singlish, they go like, uh-huh. oh, we are home. I'm so glad. Eh, I love it. Like, we can't speak otherwise. Like, yeah. We can't do any other. This thing. is how we uniquely position ourselves, right? In yes, our previous yes. episode, we were talking about how to stand out. Yeah. So in a sea of podcasts, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. how you stand out is to be to own up you know, who yeah. you are, right? Fully own up, right? And we are Singaporeans, no, right? You know, we should do an episode, right? Mm. With the accent, like, the perfect ten accent. Oh, the BBC kind, is it? Is it the BBC kind? Yes, like like mm. fluent, very, yeah. very well written, mm. articulated. Yeah. So the traffic condition on uh, yes. CTE is... <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to another episode of the Lito Podcast. Yes, and in this episode, we will talk about... Lovegrams. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so um, next love gram uh, that I want to read is from Galvin Tan. Hi, Galvin. Uh, hi, Galvin. And uh, it says, Hello, Dan. Pardon for the abrupt message. Just want to thank you for so many things. Mm. The coaching session we did last year, the advice on continuing to keep looking out for a job for your Lito podcast, which I just started listening to on my daily commute. Finished episode six, Goals with Soul, and it resonates so well at this point in my life. Thought I want to share with you what I came up with. Kind of came to me when I was listening to the two songs from this episode. Oh. 2019, What Does Galvin Want? One, <laughs> Tranquility in My Heart. Two, Growing My Mind. Three, A Stronger Body. Four, A Truer and Kinder Self. Oh. Thank you for sharing, Gavin. I love it. 
Yeah, so today we were talking about thinking about what episode to do, you know, today, what topic. Then mm-hmm. I was saying that um, looking at the uh, people who follow us on our Instagram, mm-hmm. a lot of them are like, um, a lot of you guys are photographers mm-hmm. actually. Is it? Yeah, I, I think quite a lot of aspiring photographers also. Oh, aspiring photographers. Yeah, so when I check yes. the IG, it's always wow, very arty, very nice photographs oh. one. Then oh, I, you guys slew them. La. Yeah, I Spy need to see them. who follows us, right? Yeah. So I think a lot of people kind of like, like your work and then mm. want to learn more from you. Mm. So I thought we should totally do one episode where we focus oh, on okay. uh, photography mm. and we want to spill more than usual. I spill the beans. So mm. we have got some questions. I'll be very, very happy to share. Yeah, we want this sharing to be um, helpful and meaningful for whoever is listening and interested in mm. um, venturing into photography. Yeah. Mm. I mean, I would like to help people who, you know, like want to be photographers. Mm. Like if when I was starting out, I had some like this yeah i think it'll be quite helpful also so think of rebecca as a mentor today mm, yeah but mm. i basically i'll just share what uh i learned la, and what worked for me yeah all about me <laughs> yeah so i'm i have a few questions okay so, please ask questions uh, yeah, yeah 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 open-ended very difficult to talk yes about. yes so today my first question to rebecca's mm. Is how did you get started? In, how did I get mm. started? Um, you know, I I got asked this question so many times. Are you tired of answering? I, I feel like I should write like an evergreen blog post. Yes, a cornerstone one. Yeah, and mm. put it on my blog. Mm. Mm. So how I got started? Let me go from right at the beginning. Yes, where my parents met. Mm. Oh really? <laughs> no, I'm kidding. <laughs> Or where my grandparents met. Then after that, how they got together. Mm, then grandmother gave birth story. to my mom. That's why it's called grandmother gave birth story. To my dad. That's why Is it's it? called grandmother story. Because start from the grandmother. Actually, no. It started from <laughs> like when we were like fish. Fish. In oh, the ocean. And the Big Bang. Evolution. It started from the Big Bang. But what came before the Big Bang? Wow. I mean, people tuning off already. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, Rebecca has nothing to teach. That's why she's had that tour. Yeah, I'm a fraud, you know. <laughs> <laughs> All the photos I take are not by me. Eh? Mm, stock, stock photography, right? <laughs> yeah. You bought, right? Go and buy one, ma. <laughs> okay, but anyway, how I got started. I, I think I should start from uh, when I went to university. Mm. I think that that would be a, quite a good starting point mm. for my story. So I was from the very traditional kind of path. La. So I went to like a normal secondary school. I was from Bukit Panjang Government High School. If anyone's listening, went there, please uh, shout out. So after BPJHS, I went to SAJC and then I went to university. So for the longest time, as a, a child brought up in the education system of Singapore, right, you don't think that there are other paths, you mm. know, apart from... <clears throat> the usual path, like you go to university, then you graduate. So I wanted to be a lawyer last time. I wanted to be a teacher. Uh, I wanted to be a journalist even. Mm. Mm. And then what happened was that after JC, right? One night, right? I got onto a cab. Okay. So remember at that time, I was eight, I was 17. Mm. Uh, sorry, 18, waiting to go to university. Mm. And I got on the cab and suddenly this song played. Mm. And then in that moment, right, I kind of like fell in love with music. Mm. So thereafter, right, what happened was that uh, I decided not to go to NTU or NUS, mm. which was this, which were the schools that I got ex- accepted to, mm. And I decided to go to a private school to study music. Mm. Yeah. So because of that song that I heard on the cab, 
I decided to be a music producer or mm. a musician. Yeah, but I never I never learned music as a kid. So but suddenly I was obsessed with music, mm. like crazily into music. Mm. So then being the dreamer that I have always been, right, I decided to just pursue it. Mm. So I actually went to this private school. It has closed down already, not mm. because of me. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So anyway, I went to the private school. I quit after like two weeks. What? Something like that. Oh I, my goodness. I, I decided that I didn't fit in with the people there. So I decided to go back to NTU. Oh, okay. So NTU just started for two weeks. So they still could accept you, right? Yeah, so I wrote, wrote the email and I think, yeah, they were okay. La. They mm. were like, okay, la, just help this person out. Anyway, mm. her results can get in. Mm. So I went to went back to NTU and I studied lit. Mm. English lit. La. Mm. I dropped out after a year. Mm. <laughs> okay. Longer and, than the two weeks. Eh? <laughs> yes. After a year, I dropped out. Actually, I got into the summer program the next year. Mm. Um, but... I still can't explain what happened to me at that time. Like, I think I was slightly depressed or something like that. Mm. And I also still harbored the desire to be a music producer. Mm. So I think one of the things that I, that I was thinking about was like, I need to get back on the path of being a music producer. Mm. If I continue to study literature, right, I won't be a music producer. Mm. Right? Mm. So I decided to quit school again. And mm. then I went to La Salle okay. to study music. Actually, I think it's called I can't remember. It was music production, mm. basically. I went to the How long study. did that last? It lasted for six months. Mm. Because again, right, I felt like I couldn't click with the people around me. Mm. So remember, I was this idealistic, dreamy teenager who had no impulse control. And then I decided that, okay, uh, I can't fit in with the people around me. I don't want to be in this school anymore. Mm. Mm. And then I went to this private school called MDIS after that. Mm. Yeah. And then I also didn't finish. MDIS to study what? To study mass comm. Mm. Yeah. So I was like um, seesawing, I think, between like, okay, I want to do this music production thing, but I can't seem to fit in with all these music people. Mm. And then I was slowly realizing that I'm not made to do music. Like, I have no talent for music. Mm. You know, you need to really have the aptitude for music, right? Yes. If you want to be a musician. Correct. Yeah, so I tried really hard, but ask me to study jazz theory. I have no idea what they're talking about. I, I can think try. You, la. you know what? You you were in love with the idea exactly. of being a music spot producer. On, yeah, spot on. But the actual doing, you're not in love with it. Yeah, I had, cannot. I don't have the ability to do it. You know, I... Mm. So then I was seesawing, so I quit. Um, LaSalle and then I went to MDIS mm. I went to MDIS as a last resort how long did because I last? couldn't go back to NTU yeah yeah they wouldn't accept you already right yeah um, although I desperately wanted to go back to NTU mm. but I went to MDIS because it was an easy option mm. and then I lasted for about six months I was so depressed during that period because I felt mm. like I had fallen off yeah so you, ju you just kept trying but it, nothing fit right mm. so it, with each new school you just felt more and more depressed right yes and yeah. then by that time my friends were already in like year three of university right so everybody moved on really it felt like you, you wasted all this time yeah i didn't dare to meet my friends at that and nothing point. to show la. nothing no it wasn't just nothing to show i just felt utterly humiliated I felt like a loser, like mm. a failure. Mm. And also because at that time, my thinking was very extreme. Like, oh, now, since I also quit MDIS, I am, I won't have a future anymore. Because mm. I don't have a degree. Right? 
And if I want to go back to school now, my parents are not going to believe me that I want to do this thing again. Did you at, at, at that point in time blame the song that you heard? <laughs> no, I never. <laughs> Did you go like, wow, no, should no, I have no. heard that song? <laughs> right. Even after I quit MDIS, I still harbored the thought, the desire to be in the music industry. Still in love with the in idea. In Hong Kong. I wanted to go to Hong Kong oh, to be in the music industry. Right. So that's where all my favorite musicians are. And I wanted to be part of that. Why, why, why do you think you were so fixated on the idea of being a music producer? What know. was the feeling that you were after? It was an explosive, like it was an emotion. I just followed the emotion. Like very inspired and want very, to be a part of that. Very inspired. I was very inspired by the musicians that I liked. Like Chet Lam, mm. At Seventeen, uh, Denise Ho, mm. Candy Lo. Mm. Yeah, so I wanted to be a part of the industry. Mm. So that was like an obsession. Mm. But then um, it didn't work out, la, yeah. basically. Yeah. And it led me on this path that, that led me to, to quit four different schools. Mm. And then I fell into this very bad depression. Mm. I think we talked about this in an earlier episode. Yes. Yeah, so I won't go into that. Mm. But anyway, after I quit four schools, I was depressed. I was staying at home. I was really depressed, like, like clinically. Like cannot get out of bed. Like. Cannot. Um, I had no friends because I didn't want to meet anyone. Mm, so right? clean. Yeah, I was very isolated mm. at that time. Just basically stay at home every day. No? Mm. So one day I was surfing the internet, right? Then I suddenly saw this website of a shop in Taiwan. Okay, and I decided that I wanted to open a shop. <laughs> a cafe. Wow. You're so easily inspired on her. I'm very... You see until, something that Until you now. Like. Yeah. Until today. But I'm a bit more tempered now. Mm. So I decided to open a cafe. So I convinced my parents to lend me money. Mm. And we opened a cafe mm. for like two years. How much did you borrow from your parents? About $40,000. Wow. Did you return them? No leh. <laughs> they okay. say you don't have to return. Ma. Oh, so sub yeah. lap in the end, is it? Sub lap long, closed down long after mm. two years. Oh. It wasn't profitable at all. You didn't make any of the. Okay, it was pretty back. popular actually. Mm. But I was, I didn't know how to handle it. Mm. I didn't have any business sense. You were in love with the idea of running. Again, <laughs> yes. <laughs> you will realize that that's my pattern mm. which i realized later on right which is that i will be in love with the idea of something mm. doesn't mean i like to do it yes so i started the cafe uh but the cafe is the real starting kind of like the starting point of my journey as a photographer oh okay why you'll find out later mm. so after two years right so i was exploring i basically didn't want to give up on my dream of being in the creative industry mm. so by that time i wanted to be in the creative industry um, yellow. so it closed down and then I did get a 9 to 5 job for a while but the 9 to 5 job confirmed to me that I cannot do 9 to 5 job I didn't know you did the 9 to 5 what was it I was at substation oh okay okay yeah, yeah okay that one I know yeah, yeah. the only uh, office job but it's life. not typical also not typical eh? it's not typical can the 9 to 5 one, correct can, say, can. <laughs> of course can ah. because the people there are so nice mm. and they're creative creatives and artists right mm. so it's actually quite a chill Working in the environment. Were you working with Audrey Wong? She was the artistic yeah, director. Yeah, I, I was quite close to her last time when yeah, we were in the theatre days. She was our boss, no? Yes, yes. Mm. Yeah, I was in the theatre. She was like this high up there person. Yes, very, yeah. very mild. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Very gentle girl. Yeah, la. but she was the, the gao cheng no, yes, at that time. Yes, yes. Mm. Oh, cool. I didn't know her very well because mm. I was just a little... <laughs> 
like a prawn， <laughs> 小虾，小虾米。<laughs> nobody, yeah, nobody care about me, one lah.、Okay. So I was like a marketing executive. Nine to five for how long did you stay in it? I was actually there for six months,、mm. and that really solidified my desire to not have a nine to five job. Even at such a chill environment, I cannot imagine if it if it's even more corporate. Wow,、mm. I think you、yeah. can't make it. I cannot. I cannot. I don't think I'm a good employee because、right. I only want to do things that I like.、Mm. So I couldn't really devote myself and do a good job.、Mm. So I think if you ask the people there, maybe they will say that oh my god, she was a terrible employee. Good readers, maybe she like good that she left lah. <laughs> yeah, maybe next time I see Audrey or us. Hey, you remember this Rebecca Tone? Oh no! It's like oh, that's Xiaomi. Oh my、so、god,、bad. good readers. <laughs> I feel so bad. But yeah, my job was really okay. But I I didn't like it, and、mm. I didn't like having colleagues. My colleagues were really amazing people.、Mm. But I just didn't like having <laughs> colleagues. Ayo! <laughs> I was very weird lah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Then yeah. then then.、Mm. Okay. So then I realized that okay. Die, die, right? I have to do something that I like. If not, my life is meaningless. Oh,、mm. I feel that if I do something I don't like, I might as well.、Mm. I don't know. So that began my freelance journey. So after that, I thought, like, the one thing that I can do is write. Okay. So I had a list of things that I can do, lah. Writing was at the top, right?、Mm. So I tried, lah. So I tried to be a freelance writer, and I earned like a thousand dollars in a year. <laughs> In a, I was gonna, I was gonna say in a month. I was like, "What? This is less." Then actually, in a year, less. In a year, like if you really add up all the things, because I did so many things for free, and、oh. some articles pay you like fifty bucks,、oh. and that was like ten years ago. Okay,、right? okay. Rates were not high. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. So I started te- teaching tuition. Also. Yes.、Mm. That supplemented my income,、mm. and I realized that okay, like writing is not working out. I cannot like deadlines make me very stressed out. Lah, I can't write. Uh, in time for deadlines,、mm. and I can't see myself doing it for ten, twenty years. Oh,、mm. you know, I would die. Oh,、mm. I realized that I like to write, but not for a living.、Mm. So then, I at the age of twenty-seven, seven years since I left university, since I dropped out, I was at this crossroads. Lah, basically, I had no degree. My freelance career wasn't working out. No savings. So I thought, shit, like, but I cannot go and get a job. I would rather die than get a job. <laughs> the dread is so strong. Yeah, it was that bad. Like,、mm. I would do anything. So I had no backup plan, and I decided to go down my list of things that I can possibly do as a freelancer. So next in line was photography. Photography, like probably like the last item really <laughs> at the time. But you don't know photography then, right? Uh, so I picked up photography when I was about nineteen. Like I had like a film SLR, so I took some pictures. But like the the usual, you know, like people nowadays on Instagram, they just take some photos. They kind of nothing serious one. Nothing serious lah.、Mm. I didn't. I don't know. Maybe I had a bit more aptitude than my friends lah. Also, I had this idea of like I kind of like was I like the idea of being a photographer.、Mm. Again, right? I、yeah. like the idea. <laughs> like I like the idea of being a writer. Also,、mm. I realized I didn't like it, so I thought, okay, I like the idea of being a photographer. I can do that, but I don't know whether I'll enjoy doing it lah.、Mm. But anyway, I just tried because I had no choice really.、Mm. Last resort really mah. There was unless I go and get a job, you know. There's nothing else I can do, so I just did it lah. I went to buy like a secondhand、um, camera.、Mm. For like a thousand dollars, I think. Did you use all your savings? You said you don't have savings, huh? I didn't even have enough to、so、buy. To borrow from no,、it. sorry, it was two thousand、mm. dollars, and then and a lens for one hundred fifty dollars. 
So half of it was sponsored by a friend. Oh. Yes. There'll be Carrie. Oh. <laughs> yeah. And that started my journey. Actually, backtrack a bit, right? I actually started wanting to be a photographer and I started telling people I was a photographer, but I didn't actually buy this camera yet. Mm. I was using my friend's brother's camera. Right. Yeah. So I borrowed the camera and I did some jobs. Uh. Mm. So that was how I started. Without even having any equipment that's I your had, own, yeah? Yeah, I had no equipment. Mm. Mm. So that was, that's the grandmother's story you know, to how I started being a photographer. Wow. Yeah. Okay, so that's why I said um, my cafe was kind of like a starting point, right? Like it was quite a pivotal thing in my journey as a photographer because right, my first proper job came from this guy that I met at the cafe. Mm. Mm. Because without this guy, I don't know whether I anyone would have given me a chance. Mm. I don't know how life would have panned out. Mm. But anyway, when I started, you know, like telling people, oh, I'm a photographer now, I think I had like put something on Facebook or something like that. Yeah. So this guy that I actually met at the cafe, he contacted me. He's from a design studio. He asked me to do a condo brochure for $5,000. Mm. That was my first big break. Like. Before that, I was doing free stuff and or like $400 assignment you already uh, had a portfolio right by the time he reached out so when he reached out i had like a personal project up mm. called creative people projects mm. where i interview people and i went to their work spaces and their houses mm. and i took pictures and i took portraits and i wrote about them so i put this um personal project up i don't know how he found it i think mm. i guess through facebook yeah yeah and then he came to me and he asked me to do this job even though actually I didn't have any other experience. Is this creative project, uh, are the photos still on the website? It is. Oh, so, so go to creative people, eh, creative people projects.co. Okay. We'll project put this in the as show in notes. plural, uh, projects, ah, creative project. people projects.co. Yes. We put it's it in still the show there, notes. It's still there. Cool. So everyone, please go and check out what, what <laughs> this guy saw that led to this job opportunity mm. for Rebecca. In fact, $5,000. Yeah. I was like, shit, that's the biggest amount that's a lot. I've ever seen in my yeah, life. Yeah, it made it so real, yeah? yeah. Mm. Actually, the funny thing is when I first had the idea of being a photographer, right? I wanted to be a wedding photographer. Because mm. I thought that should be the easiest thing to do. Yes, right? lowest hanging fruit. Yeah. Mm. Um, I did think that the idea of being an advertising photographer is cooler. Yeah. You know, because I see all the billboards and all that. I think, mm. yeah. But I don't know how to go and get those jobs. Yeah, right? but I'm like, how? I'm just a prawn. Yeah, feel so far away. Yeah, <laughs> yeah like not possible for me to do that. Long. So mm. I thought, okay, the easiest thing would be wedding. Because all you? my friends kind of getting married around And did time. you do wedding for the whole No, I didn't do a single one. But did you tell people I'm a wedding photographer? I did. I and then nobody hired you? <laughs> nobody, nobody. Why? Oh my god, this is so this strange. This is what fate had in store for me. Oh. So I asked, asked all my friends who were getting married, then yeah. they all say, oh, they signed package already. Oh, where they, with the wedding gown, everything ah. they have already. So they don't need me. Oh. So before I even had a single wedding job, I got this $5,000 job. Oh, and that set you on a totally different trajectory. Yes, this $5,000 job and subsequently a $3,000 job right. that came in within like two, two weeks. weeks right? Yes, you, the magazine right? cover. So with this $8,000 and some of my own savings from mm. teaching tuition, mm. yeah, I started on this path. That, that was uh, in 2013. 
three, I think. Actually, uh, quite lucky, Six you know, because if, let's say, you were quite successful in getting wedding photography jobs, let's say, mm. that would have kept you comfortable in that zone and then you might have spent uh, four or five years mm. and then you define yourself as, as a, a wedding, wedding photographer. Job. Yeah. You know, I don't think I would have enjoyed it because mm. I have taken some for a friends couple of friends. Yeah. I don't enjoy it at all. Why? It's, what don't you like about it's it? It's very boring. Oh, it's boring. Mm. But don't you, you do feel, the same thing over and over But don't over you again. think like every couple brings a totally different <laughs> feel, <No>. like <laughs> love, chemistry, no and, and you are like, you are like, you know, you're capturing uh, the, the emotions between them. No le. I think, I know some photo- photographers like that. Yeah. yeah it's like telling very personal story and it's love. I mean, it's the best subject. Yeah, it's nice, right? So like, strange that you... It's nice if you do it a few times, but if you do it like every, like there's a lot of stories of burnout actually among wedding photographers mm. because they do the same fucking thing over and over again. Mm. You can go and talk So to creatively them. very dry. La. It is. You can try to do something different, la, but how different can it be? Mm. That's why I think the burnout is real for a lot of them. I see. So I'm, I'm grateful because what I do now is advertising and commercial. Mm. So I do a lot of different things. Mm. Right? Okay, I mean, photographers go into different categories. Some people are like fashion photographers. Mm. Some are like architectural photographers. So some focus on food. Mm. So some do food photography. So I am a advertising and commercial photographer. That mm. means I do everything. All sorts. Depending on what the client needs from me. Mm. I do everything in my style. Mm. Okay, so I have done like everything possible. Pet photography for a pet so it's not the subject it's the style that you bring to a subject right it's the sensibility that i bring across all the subjects. what is the rebecca's toe style <laughs> hello guys this is kenji i'm the number one fan of the lito podcast tune in every sunday rain or shine for the best podcast in singang and abu bukitima what is the rebecca's toe style <laughs> I don't know. Like. Mm. Okay, it's not that I don't know, but um, if you ask my client, I think they'll say like, it's a bit more emotive. Mm. You can somehow like connect with it. Like. It's a bit, it's not so sterile and corporate looking. Mm. Yeah, because I do put a lot of emotions into my photography. And that's what you think people describe. I think so. Style. I mean, that's what they tell me also. And also, I am inspired by movies. Uh. Mm. So my work for, from the beginning is a bit more cinematic. Mm. Like, I like my work to feel like it's a frame from a film. Mm. You know, and you should have a reaction to it. Mm. It's not like, oh, another shot of the ocean. Like, Can I offer my description of your style? Sure. <laughs> <laughs> I I'll feel, be happy to hear that. Yes, I feel that your work... Um, yes, it's cinematic. It's got texture. It feels complex. Mm. But I think the definitive component that I see in your work that is Queen Essentially You that I think is so difficult to replicate. Mm-hmm. So I've seen, it's not just the aesthetics. Obviously, your your shots are beautiful. So yeah. they, have, they have to look good. But a lot of photos look good, ma. But yours is a beautiful intersection between looking good and keeping it very honest. Mm, okay. The honesty, the integrity in the photo is, is, is what I see. 
Really? Uh? Yes. And that is the bit that is the magic. Mm. The magic is not in the, oh, it's very beautiful. Because many photos are very beautiful. Or like, um, it's cinematic. I mean, a lot of photographers' work is, can be cinematic as well. Yeah. But I feel the ingredient that's magical mm. is the honesty and the integrity in the photo, which I feel. Thank you. Know. Yeah, so that's the way <laughs> I would describe your work. Okay, okay. When I go out and sell our work to clients, I also say uh, our, uh, uh. our photography, our brand photography is different because these are the uh, things that we bring, you know. It's okay. not glossy, you know, and commercial, people think commercial, it means it's like very, you know, po- overly produced, you yeah. know, the look and just flawless, yeah, you know. Yeah, yeah. yeah, but yours is not. <laughs> la. So Actually, I when know. I first wanted to do this thing, I did went to talk to a friend and then he's like a creative industry insider, lah. So I asked him like, hey, do you think I can do this thing? You know, like, can I be a photographer in the industry? Do you think I have what it takes? Mm. And he actually told me that maybe not. What? He said, your style is too indie, mm. whatever that means. Like, it's too alternative. So people might not, like the, the mainstream industry might not be able to accept. Excuse me, uh, who is this insider? Huh? <laughs> so outsider has the insider? <laughs> Oh, he's you a know good what? friend. He's a good friend. You know what? Sometimes mm. you are so inside, you have blind spots. Maybe. Yes, because you are very accustomed to particular way of doing things. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Well, I'm very glad that I didn't listen to him. Yeah, I think this is a great point for us to segue mm, into mm, mm. talking people about... people tell you all kinds of things. Yes. You know, my dad... <laughs> mm, what did he say? He's not listening to this, but I can say lah. Mm. For the longest time, he was not encouraging. Mm. He has never been encouraging of me doing like artistic stuff. Mm. And he, he always felt that if you do photography, you will never be able to earn money. Mm. And he always like didn't want me to do it. Mm. So he's another person that I'm very glad that I didn't listen to. Mm. And I didn't believe him mm. that I cannot make money from photography. Mm. Mm. But does he recognize that you're good at what you do? Now, now? yes. Mm. <laughs> so does he still say that there's no money? No, he mm. now he knows he knows yeah that that I'm doing well uh. And this is how you convert other people. Yeah, no, so that really made me think that people don't believe in you one. Until yes, you until you it, prove yourself. Until you prove yourself. Yeah. Yes. So don't go and listen to other people because you will don't. prove them right. Yes. Right? The yeah. moment you say you listen to them, you're proving them right. Oh yeah? Yeah. That's so true. the only way to convince them is that you do it and you show them what is possible. Yes. And then that's the best totally. way. Live from a place of uh, alignment and also this is how you show people, this is how you thrive. When mm. you thrive, you're happy and you are making the money doing what you enjoy doing. That's when people go like, I want a piece of that. How did you do it? Mm. Because they didn't think it was possible from day one. Yes. Right? Yep. Yeah. 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 That's a huge point. Yes. Mm. So my next question is, right, talking about your style, then how to... Okay, my first question, part one is, do you think the industry is saturated now? And then part two is, how do you stand out in a saturated market if it is saturated? Yeah. Do I think the market is saturated now? Yes. Thanks Mm. to Instagram. Mm. Thanks to uh, the advancement of technology. Yes. Everyone is a pretty good photographer now. Yeah, and filters and presets and Lightroom. Oh my God. Mm. Yeah. So yes, it's very, very saturated. Mm. Um, But then I also think that all along, right, every market is saturated. You know what I mean? Like, (laughs) saturated. F&B has always been saturated. Yes. Like, there's always people doing what you want to do. But you can't just decide not to do something. Can't let that be the reason. 
Yeah, yeah. Just because the market is saturated, you decide, ah, okay, it's too saturated. Even though I want to do photography, I shall not do it. Okay, maybe a better, a, a better question is, um, do you think there are still opportunities and there's, there's still space for newcomers? Definitely. Because mm. old photographers will die. Ma. <laughs> do you see a lot <laughs> we of will grow old? old. Um, so I don't know the photography industry that well, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. but do you feel that the older photographers, um, they are changing with the times or do you okay. feel like they are being phased out? Yes, it's actually a tough time for old photographers. Mm. Uh, because now, nowadays, uh, you not just photographers, right? Like creatives, like if you work with ad agencies, mm. um, they are getting younger and younger and they don't want to work with old people. Mm. So creative agencies, um, the young people at creative agencies, they want to work with young photographers. They is want it? to work with like the new photographers. Right. Mm. So so is, is the industry some um, one that um, the age is a problem. I mean, you should just look at the, the, the merit and the quality of the work, right? Yes, it's not that age is a problem. It's that the style is changing. Okay. Mm. So if you look at photography, let's say advertising photography, right? Mm. The style changes over the years, mm. depends on depending on the trends. Mm. So last time it used to be like the more glossy it is, the yes. better. Yes. Uh, and now, right, you, you can, every client comes to you with the brief that they want it natural, they want mm. authenticity, they don't want glossy stuff. Mm. So if you're a photographer from the last era, right, and you do like glossy stuff and you haven't kept up, you haven't evolved, then you are losing out uh, to the new photographer. Is this the usual case where For photographers now? find it very difficult to change and update their style? I think so. Mm. Once it's defined, it's quite difficult to change, is it? Yeah, that's why it's so important to, to keep up with... Um, to evolve, basically. Not not keep up with the trend. You shouldn't keep up with the trend. How, how often does a trend uh, last? How often? Actually, the glossy thing lasted for a long time. Mm. So I think now the natural, authentic thing will last for a while also. Mm. It's not going to suddenly go back to the fake, uh, the fake glossy thing. Because mm. we really... Had like, enough of that. The audience has evolved already. Right. Yeah, and they know that ah, that's fake. Now we want honesty. Mm. So just now you're talking about integrity, honesty. honesty. That's what really appeals to people right. nowadays. Right. Mm. Mm. So yes, it's super saturated, right? And it's so difficult to stand out. Even like for me, right? I think I started. I was quite lucky. You are lucky. I started at the time when the industry was transitioning. transitioning yes. From the glossy thing, suddenly, wow, they just want the natural So thing. much so the insider actually felt like your style is not going to fly. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. we were still kind of on the Correct. cusp of Correct. So great time there. I was lucky. Even. Just slightly ahead of the curve. Correct. Yeah. So when I started doing it, I think in Singapore, there were not a lot of photographers who mm -hmm. were doing that kind of style. Mm. It's not like super like crazy unique style or anything, but mm. um, I think it was still very corporate, very glossy, right? Mm. Yeah, so I was lucky in that. Um, yeah, right timing, mm. And then, um, yeah. So luck, so for people, hey, so for people who want to define their own style, what's mm. your advice to them? So having said, like, uh, the market saturated. Yeah, how do you stand out then? You still want to stand out. Okay, so I think now, like, mm. if you want to stand out, right, the only way is to be yourself. Mm. I mean, sure lah, you can go and imitate, like, this photographer who's doing well. You can, like, copy his style and, like, try to be like him and hope that you'll stand out. 
But then you won't feel very good about it. And you will always be a copy. Yeah, it won't be sustainable. Mm. You will just be a fraud, you know? Mm -hmm. So the only way for it to be sustainable, to feel good and to be like a real creative process, right? Is really not to cultivate style, it's to cultivate you. Mm. I wrote about that a few times or so, you know? Your personality is your greatest asset. Mm. So for me also, I... I try very much to be as honest as possible to myself. Mm. And that's how I upkeep my style, mm. inverted commas, because it has to feel authentic. Mm. Yeah. Otherwise, it, I, I can't keep it up. I can't keep up this like... Pretense. Fraud. Yeah. Yes. Correct. correct. It's exhausting. Mm. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. So the only way really is to cultivate you. You have to understand yourself. You mm. have to understand what kind of imagery you like. What kind of mm. photography you like? Mm. Um, yeah. And then to incorporate it into the work that you do. La. So mm. a lot of the times I will tell like a f beginning photographer, like you can imitate your idols. And why that works is because you are, you're attracted to your idols because you like their stuff. Yeah. So something resonates. Yeah. And mm. if you want to do work, um, like creative work, like if you want to do photography, then you want to do stuff that it, that you like, right? Yes. You don't want to shoot something that you don't like, right? Yeah. Yeah. So I think um, it's a good starting point. Yeah. Imitate your idols. Yeah. I, I think when you like a piece of work or an artist's work, it's because um, sometimes you don't really have to copy, but you can just distill and see what is it that you like about mm. the person's work. So it could be, oh, the colour, you know, or the topics or mm. the subject or the feel. Yeah. Right? So understand why you like that person's work mm. and try and transpose those values into your work as well. So that's a great starting point. But I like what you share about becoming more of who you are mm. and yourself. Cultivate who you are because there's only one you. Yep. And if there's only one you and you become who you really are, then that's how you stand out because mm. there's only one you. Yeah. yeah. You can't not stand out in a way. Yes. But I guess the, the, the yeah. tricky bit then is if you have developed your own style, then yeah. how do you put it into work that is commercially wanted? You know, where <laughs> the money is, right? Mm. To make it a, okay. a job. So I want to add this point, right? Mm. Which is that to, 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 be, to like make a living as a creative or photographer, right? you don't have to be the best in your field. Mm. You don't have to be like the biggest name in your field. Mm. I always think of it as like, carving out your little space, right? Or your little island. Mm. You kind of like, um, have your little corner of the room lo, and you cultivate it. Mm. So like we talk about having a thousand true fans, right? Yes. It's a very similar concept, right? I don't have like a million like clients. Mm. I have enough clients who come back mm. and can sustain me on an ongoing basis. Mm. And it could be just like less than a hundred clients, mm. right? So I think that's a good point to remember, mm -hmm. which is that um, you don't think that you can't make a living if you're not a big name. Mm. Yeah, Cultivate your relationships with your clients one by one. One at a time, yes. One at a time, mm. right? So which leads me to my next point, which is what is the key ingredient, right? Mm. That can allow you to make a living as a photographer. photographer. Mm. Is it your skill? Mm. Or is it like, I don't know, something else? Like whether you got a trust fund, that kind of thing. <laughs> yeah. Mm. I think those are not that important. Mm. Secondary. Of course, skill, right? The 
that's the basic lah. Yeah. You gotta be good lah. Yeah. If you're them shit, right? Mm. There's no way you can you can even get started lah. Basically, nobody's gonna look for you. Mm. Nobody's gonna hire you. Mm. So you have to be good, mm. or at least right, you have to be good enough. I don't know how to tell you what's good enough. Um, I think if you shoot enough, if you look at good work enough, you will you know You can compare, yourself. you know where you stand, yes. If you don't know, right, then that's a problem. Mm. <laughs> yeah. Mm. So be good enough, right? But the key ingredient really is relationships. Mm. Okay? Explain, expand on that. Um, not networking per se. Mm. Not like, oh, you go around, you PR with people. It's not really like that. So when I first started out, I did my creative people projects, right? Mm. I had an ulterior motive. Mm. One of the reasons I did that was because I wanted to. I was. I'm a kepotzi lah, you know. <laughs> yeah. So you wanted. So a, I like. I like listening to people's stories. A platform for you to reach out to these people. Yeah, I like like having this secret like key to enter people's lives, right? With my camera, I got an excuse, right? Mm. So that was one reason. Mm. I wanted to get to know people that I was inspired by. Mm. The second reason was also because I knew I didn't know anybody in the industry. So I thought if I can, if I want to get a foot in, right, maybe I can start by doing this project and I interview people in the creative industry. Yes. These are the people who will give me jobs, right? Yes. Yes. They might not be the one to give me the job. They might introduce me to someone. Yes. Yep. So that was my way of like stepping into like one foot in the industry. Do you know what this this thing that you created, which is the creative people's project, what is it called? Do you know what's the technical term? What is that? In marketing language, it's content marketing. Really? It is content marketing. Okay, okay. Basically, okay. you create content uh-huh. that can be enjoyed by anybody, oh. right? But your hidden agenda and your ulterior motive, actually, it's, it's actually a Trojan horse. Mm. It's almost like a marketing um, a funnel, right, 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 right? right? But it's a meaningful one. It's not a very salesy, direct sales kind of thing. Mm. Like, this is my brochure. <laughs> these are my services. These are my yeah, prices. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's not. Yeah. It's like, this is what I can do. Yeah. If you feel that it gels with you, this is something yes. you look for. I can do more. Anything is possible. Oh. Come look for me. So that's content marketing. Content marketing. Wow. Okay. And this kipotzi thing that you do, right? It's yeah. clever. That's why I love ideas like this because it kills many birds with one yes, stone. Totally. Yeah. Just like our podcast, this mm. is the kipotzi thing also. <laughs> you know, eventually, Actually, we're, we're going to interview people. Season. Yeah, this is, yeah. it's this secret key, yeah. right? Yeah. To spend an hour with people, pick mm, their mm, brains, mm. ask them questions, and they share. Mm. And we share it with the world. Yes. We don't get paid that way. But when people tune in, that's yep. content marketing for us. Mm. Because people will be like, who are these two kepotsis? <laughs> <laughs> right? Then they themselves also go and kepotsis, right? Then they go to our website and they go, wow, yeah, 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 this yeah. is what they do. Correct, correct. And I maybe we should uh, give them a call because I like what they do. Yes. Yeah. Mm. Content. Content marketing. marketing. That's how you get a foot into certain places. Yes. yes. And it really works. Mm. Mm. I don't think I was that technical at the time. You didn't know, but that is, I didn't it, know. it was an intuitive thing that you did. Yeah, yeah. I just knew that I had to somehow get to know some people. Smart girl. Mm. Okay, then the other thing is also I wanted to showcase my skill. Mm. Yeah, I wanted a chance to, like you said, Lord, like rather than print a brochure. I don't know mm. how else you can. Or like, uh, just, just put okay I could have just shot some stuff and have a portfolio but who will care mm. about this person like they wouldn't have even heard of me mm. but with that thing right like let's say I introduce uh, let, let's say I interview Yaling for example mm. 
people interested about Yaling would read, right? Yes. Yeah, they won't care about me. Yeah, they'll care about Yaling. And Yaling will share that piece with other yeah. people, right? right. So mm. that's how I get my name out, lah. Marketing, lor. Marketing. Yeah, it's word of mouth, right? In a way, so marketing it's, is not a dirty word. It's not. It's not. We need to do entire episode. Yes. Really, marketing is so fucking important. It is. You need to know how to market and sell yourself, but yeah. in a way that feels good. Mm. Yes. Yeah. Marketing only feels dirty because you're selling it the wrong way. Mm. And you're probably selling things that people don't need. Correct, correct, correct. Right? Then yep. it feels yucky. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. So how have you, um, in terms of money, right? I don't know how much you can share with us, right? Mm. Um, would you say you are comfortable uh, or very comfortable <laughs> being a <laughs> photographer now? Like, are you still like with no savings and like no, no, you're not no. going to borrow money? <laughs> no, no, no. I have learned to save over the years. Mm. Yeah. So uh, that's another topic. Yes. Financial literacy. Yes. And yeah. money mindset. Yeah. Yeah. I and then also pricing. That. Yeah. How have how has your pricing changed throughout the years? Oh, pricing. Yeah. Oh my God. We want to do an entire episode. Yes. Okay. So, yes. Just by we lightly touch on, lightly touch on a little okay. bit because I think the money matters is, is very important for people who are exploring the idea of, you know, being a photographer. No money, no dream, right? Of course, of course. <laughs> yeah. You need to sustain a lifestyle. Yeah. So, mm. um, I think to survive, not just survive lah, you want mm. to do well. Yeah, sustain, thrive. A, you want to thrive. You want to thrive as a photographer. Yes. The secret. Yes, the is secret. To charge more. Okay. Okay. <laughs> really. Mm. Tell us more. Tell us more. Um. Well, the people listen to me. Like, what kind of stupid <laughs> advice is this? Charge more. I want my side. Everything also charge more. But how? You know, how? people mm. think that they know, right? Mm. But when it comes to it, they don't dare to charge more. Mm. There are a lot of people who are like that. Mm. They don't think that they are worth the amount. You know? Oh, okay. The so they'll be very like, don't, don't la, dare. you know, like, yeah, don't dare to charge. Mm. Um, there are also a lot of photographers in an att- attempt to, I don't know, push their career, right? They undercut, right? Or they charge very low. So I don't believe in that. La. I think at the mm. beginning, okay, you can work for free for your friends mm. or friends of friends. You can't stay that, that, that in that state forever. Yeah, but if you keep going down that path, like you charge like a few hundred dollars. Then you're running a charity. Uh, mm. Or you're just going to have to go back and get a nine to five job. Yeah. Okay. Um, you should charge more. I think I didn't know that also at the beginning. So I was quoting like, I told you I did a blog shop. Yeah, $300, $300 for I don't know how many goddamn hours. Hundreds of shots, right? Mm. And I was very stupid last time because I didn't know that you can batch edit. Mm. so hundreds of shots I use Photoshop and then you one by one singularly one by one edit. edit I remember yes. I was sitting I used to sit at my chair in front of my TV and edit one photo by one photo mm. while watching TV mm. and so I imagine how many hours it took for you to deliver so that project so dumb right mm. but you learn the hard way no? yep. yeah, and, and you realise this price cannot sustain yeah yep. and actually I didn't know like what's the rate in the industry because mm. I didn't assist any photographer before mm. so I was actually surprised. Like when I got my first job, right? $5,000. I thought, 天文数字, astronomical amount. Mm. And so this pricing thing, I really, literally, I learned like from scratch, like trial and error. error. Yeah. I think probably at the beginning, I misquoted. Mm-hmm. In fact, there was one job at the very beginning. It was quite a, it was like almost like an advertising job, right? I was on my own at that time. No agency. Uh. No agency. Mm. So I quoted long. So I fake it till I make it la, all the way at the beginning, right? So I quoted like $7,000. Mm. 
I remember I was overseas that time in Hong Kong or something. Then I emailed them and I was very because seven thousand dollars is a lot to, you. A lot to me. Mm. So I was very anxious, like, will they say okay? Mm. So they came back, right? And guess what they said? Huh, seven thousand only? Are you yeah, sure? Correct. Yeah. The agency actually said, uh actually you I think for more. this job you can charge thirteen thousand dollars. They're so nice like, to tell you that. Actually they're nice. They would have just pocketed the extra five thousand and exactly. just marketed you at thirteen thousand. So I know? feel like I haven't met a lot of bad people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I have very been blessed, very, bad, very, very blessed. blessed. But and that's that should be the way you know when mm. we do business, lah. Yeah, yeah. So they were very honest about it. Mm. Like, hey, you want to charge a bit more because this is quite. Mm, a, that's so nice. Quite a of few them. things to shoot, lah. Mm. So did you? When then I saw say, the email, I was like <gasps> jumping really? in my hotel room. I was like, what the it's shit? It's almost doubled, like Seven thousand thirteen. I never earned anything in five figure before. Yeah. At that time. So before you did the the seven thousand, before that the biggest job was at the five thousand, is it? So la, and then the three thousand for the yeah. magazine and cover. And then other things were like a thousand. Yeah. Like then seven. Thing. So that was my next milestone. Right. Thirteen thousand dollars. So then, right, the whether it's five thousand, then the three thousand for the cover. Or the uh the thirteen thousand mm. dollars, right? In terms of the amount of l- uh, work Deliverable. and the the efforting mm. and the man hours, right? Mm-hmm. It was less than the block shop that you did, right? Of course, yes. For the three hundred, right? Of so course. the pricing actually is n- got nothing to do with how much effort you put in, right? Yeah, correct. Right. Of course, you have a bigger responsibility, la. Yes. But in the end, I didn't get the job. You yeah. didn't get the thirteen thousand. I didn't get the thirteen thousand. Oh, okay. Job. Yeah. Do you think you would have got it? We were pricing at seven. <laughs> so, I don't so know. you see, it is part art, part science. Yes. This pricing thing. Even agencies yes. also, it's a dance. Okay. Yes. They are so pro at pricing, but again, at the yes. end of the day, sometimes it's not that the client doesn't want to hire you. It's just that the budget that they have yeah. is just not possible. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Really. Um, I don't know because I went for a presentation. For that for that job, mm. and actually, I didn't know that I had to present. Mm. Now I know, like mm. when you do advertising, you have to present to the client. Yes, and they only told me on the day itself. I think they assumed that I know what, mm. right? Um, and that's the bit that you always get the bit of a stress around, right? This presentation present it. now it's so much better. Okay, after a few years, right? Right. Like when I started, it was really bad. Scary, huh? Yeah. Some more the, the that first time, right? I didn't even know I need to present. That, so that on was the, the last minute, spot, thing. I was oh put my. on the spot. So when I thought back, thought back about that, I thought maybe that's the reason you why prepared. I didn't get selected. And you didn't feel very confident. Yeah? I wasn't confident. I didn't know what was going right. on. Yeah. So did you feel, did you feel very upset? No lah. You no, go no, like, no, 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 damn, stop starting. Yeah, but I'm like quite chill lah. Mm. Mm. But yeah, subsequently <laughs> I got other jobs. Yeah, yeah, you must, you must that, be like that. Ariana Grande. Thank you. Next. <laughs> thank you. Next. Yes. Thank you. Next. Did yeah. you get this one? It's okay. Thank you. Next. next. Yes. Yeah, yes. like a boss, right? Yes. Because this one didn't happen for a good reason, one lah. Yeah, yeah. And you learn something. You learn mm-hmm. something. You got to. You learn that. Oh, I need to do a presentation. Yes. I need to be more confident. Yes. And you do it better the next time. Thank yes. you. Next. Yes. What a scary journey. <laughs> ah. Yeah, but you learn now. So after that, I learned now. I started to to do. Uh, so I got my first advertising milestone job. Mm. I think in two zero one six. Yeah. Two zero one six. So I didn't have an agency also. I mm. quoted on my own. When did you start getting an agency? Uh, about end of 2016. 2016. And do you think that made a big difference? Um, what do you mean? Financially? Financially and also in getting the job, mm. the, the, the kind of jobs, the quality mm. of the projects, you know? Uh, actually, before I got an agency, I was already doing okay. Oh. Mm, I had a lot of jobs, but they were not advertising jobs. That means they were, I worked with a lot of smaller design studios. Mm. 
and um, like directly with my clients. Right. So like restaurants, right. hotels. Right. When I signed on to my agency, right, I started getting advertising jobs, like mm. the really proper ones. Yeah, yeah. Like Singapore Tourism Board, mm. uh, Health Promotion Board, mm. that kind of thing. Yeah. So, so would you recommend difference. that people do go and find an agency or would it be smarter to align themselves with creative firms and agencies? Either works. I think. Yeah. It depends on what you like. But the smart thing is to go and find people who will be able to, uh, they will bring in the projects that require your skill sets, right? What do you mean? Like like a creative agency mm-hmm. or an advertising agency. Mm-hmm. Like align yourself. Like go to these people and say, hey, you know, I can mm-hmm. shoot. And it's almost like a, like a talent agency. Mm-hmm. And then you go to them and say, hey, I'm talent. I'm available. <laughs> if any jobs come to me. Oh. Yeah. Do you think that I works? I never did that also. Yeah. If I'm a photographer, I would have done that. I feel like that's a good. Yeah. Then, then people become like I like because for me, I love this plug and play economy right now, and that's mm-hmm. what I want to do in all the businesses that I create now. Okay. Instead of having someone you hire under your overhead, I like freelance, to have freelance. all freelancers. Mm. And I think we should actually change the name already. The freelance <laughs> thing has, a, has bad a bad rap. I don't know. I have to come up with some new rap, and yeah. patent the name. I have to come up with a new way of describing people who is plug and play. Right. Because now freelance sounds like it's. Okay, what? Yeah, I don't know. Like, okay, I think freelance sounds okay. I think freelance, yeah, okay. Maybe freelance. It just has a bad reputation. Yeah, because people feel that freelancers means you are like earth and gong ming like that. You know, you get paid oh. peanuts and it's like um, you don't have a proper job. It's not proper. Mm. There's no consistency. Mm-mm-mm. But I, maybe if we focus more on the root word free, if that's the best thing ever. The fact that you're a freelancer, free. that's the best thing ever. Because you're free to choose who freedom, you work with. It's right? freedom and free that's priceless. Freedom. Yeah. Yep. So mm. I do think that uh, if you don't know how to manage it, if you don't know how to advocate for yourself, you you can be a pretty poor pre- freelancer. Mm. You know, you can make very little money. Mm. But if you are savvy about it, right, you can make so much more. Can I ask you a very personal question? What? You can say you want to share or not, which is money, ah, uh, money. Oh, numbers, okay, okay, okay. okay. Oh, not that kind of <laughs> pro jam. Mm-hmm. <laughs> what? How? What is the most you've ever paid? For, paid? Yeah, for a project. The most you've ever been paid. Oh, I have been paid for yeah. a project. Can share or not? Uh, <laughs> or you can give uh, us a ballpark. Like, is it five figure? How much have I ever six been figure? For? Okay, the cannot be four figure lah. It must be more than that. You must be at least five figure uh, for you. Uh, cannot be four figure lah. Yeah. Right? Uh, my biggest payday was forty eight thousand dollars. Okay, so in advertising, they have this thing called um, loading. Mm. Loading is, uh, loading is this thing where the client pays you right to use the photography that you have done for them. For specific purposes. So it's like licensing. Licensing, yes. yes. Sorry. Getting the rights to publish yes. and use it. Yes. So when we shoot in advertising, we grant um, our client the rights mm. to shoot. And it has a validity period, right? Yes. So mm. sometimes it's like one year, mm. uh, you have to pay me. This is on top of the photographer's fee. Mm. Okay. So one year, uh, and you you can only use that bus stop mm. or like billboard, mm. you know, and this is the price that you pay mm. on top of the creative fee. Mm. And then some some clients, they just want to keep everything, right? Mm. So they call it a buyout. Okay. So when a client buys out something, that means they can use it 
perpetually, <laughs> in perpetuity, in perpetuity, and in all can. avenues and channels. Yes, yeah. everywhere. However, they want to use it. Mm. Then that's another amount. So they, that's a far higher amount. Yes. So. Uh, the good thing about being an advertising photographer is that you get paid for your creative service, right? And on top of that, you get paid the loading. The rights. The rights. Mm. And sometimes, if you're lucky, right? It gets extended. Two years later, the client comes, comes back to you and the client says, actually, I want to buy, like, buy out mm. the images. I mm. want to keep it in my library. I want to use it globally. Mm. Then you get a big payday. Without doing anything extra. Yeah, maybe for something that you shot a few years ago. So it's like striking lottery. Yes. <laughs> so that is a good one, right? Yeah, so that's a good thing. So, okay, so that's why, okay, this is the reason why people want to be advertising photographers. Mm. Because this is where the money is at. Yeah. Um, this is industry stuff, la, but mm. I don't mind sharing. La, I mean, yeah. If you ask a photographer, they'll tell you. We must share. Our podcast is different. We yeah. spill all the beans. Yeah, I mean, there's nothing um, whatever about it. But yeah. so... In advertising, right, you basically earn 10 times more than in editorial. Mm. So what is editorial? Editorial is when you shoot for magazines. Mm. Even if you shoot for New York Times, mm. right? You It's a known thing. Like you get paid very little. Mm. You get paid like $500 for a day. Mm. It could be like mm. that. Um, if you shoot for the same thing, if you shoot for an advertising client, mm. it could be $5,000. Wow. The amount of work is the same. Right. Again, not yeah. down to man hours, right? No. Yeah. So even in a magazine, if you do editorial work for a certain magazine, you can be paid $3,000. Mm. But if you do an advertorial for them, advertorial, which is advertisement, right? Mm. You can get paid 10 times more. Mm. So that is the difference. Uh. So it's very funny one in, in the industry. Mm. You have all this different price range for like the exact same thing that you mm. do. Like, so, okay, you mentioned the New York Times, right? I know that was a dream yes. client, right? Yeah, so it was like tell my, us a little bit how you got there. Like, okay. like wow. You know, even okay. when I did the, um, our website and, yeah. you know, we could put it on our showcase, I feel damn good. I was like, Red wow. Happy, right? Yeah, <laughs> so this, this Rebecca's Toast um, <laughs> showcase, uh, wow. Very, very powerful. I was so happy when it got published in New York Times. Because yeah. then that was the first, like the first thing I did, go to my website and yeah. like put it on my website. Yes, it's like confirmed double chop kind of like, wow, you made it kind it's of, like you know. Signboard law for is, other people. It is. Yeah. So tell us, tell us that. So this is another very strange thing, mm. right? Like fate. So mm. um, early, early on when I started out as a photographer, my dream at the beginning was not to shoot for New York Times, although that was at the back of my head. But I thought I would love to shoot for Monaco. Monaco. Like, wow, Monaco. You know? Yes. Like I would go to Kino and I would point to Monaco and I would say like, one day I'm going to be able to shoot for you. I love this kind of stories, yeah. you know? I love it, you know? When it's like, <laughs> like it's so far, but then you set the intention and say, one day I want to be that. Yes, I really did that. Yeah, Ask my friends. Oh. One day I will shoot for Monaco and I was so sure. You I feel had, like you already ha it's happening, right? You can feel it, I right? I had a strange confidence. Yes, that's power of attraction. Yeah, so yeah, I, the law of attraction. I, I was like, can I? Confirm mm. can uh, so months passed and it didn't happen. Right? Mm -hmm. Months only. So, so impatient. I, so I decided <laughs> to take matters into my own hand. Mm. So I decided to email Monaco. Mm. So this is actually the only time in my career that I actually emailed someone and I asked them whether I can shoot for them. Hey, have they already set up the office here that time? Uh, not yet. Okay. Not yet, not yet. Okay. Yeah. So I went to Google. La. Mm. I went to find the email of their photo editor, I think. Yeah. And then... Uh, I didn't expect them to reply, right? I just try. 
So they did reply. Wow. Then they say, hey, um, I will forward your email to somebody else because mm. I'm not like in charge of this thing. Mm. And then this person uh, replied, oh wait, sorry, I forgot to add. So I used the excuse of like, because actually Monaco emailed me before when I had my cafe mm. and they wanted to feature the cafe. Or okay, something like that. for their story. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I thought I just use this as an excuse. Like, hey, you know, you said you wanted to feature. It's not my cafe, sorry, my magazine. Oh, your magazine. So I published this magazine before. Okay, okay, okay. Okay, okay. So anyway, so I emailed them and said, oh, you know, last time you said you wanted to feature my magazine. Anyway, I'm a photographer now. Mm. If you want me to shoot for you, I can. La. Yeah, now I can feature myself. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, 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 totally. Okay. Yeah. okay, so I wrote an article about this. Mm. Uh, it's quite a, like, like article that has helped some people. Uh. Mm. Yeah, so I'll put it in the show notes. Yes, yes. Okay, it's yes. called Ask. The Ask. title is called Ask. Yes. Okay, so I emailed, then the guy really replied. Mm. Then the guy said, oh, hey, thanks for, you know, whatever, whatever. But they didn't give me a job. Mm. So what happened, right, is amazing because they actually passed my contact to their commercial office. Mm. So this is editorial. I remember I told you it pays peanuts. and mm. They passed it to their commercial office, which is Wing Creative. Mm. So Wing Creative is the home parent company of Monaco. Mm. And they do client jobs, uh, basically. Yeah. Like Swiss Airlines, that kind. Yes. Oh my God. Then in like, I don't know, like a week or something like that, mm. I got an email from Wing Creative. I didn't even dare to dream that far, okay? Mm. And they actually asked me to do a job for them in mm. Singapore. Mm. to shoot like um, three different people, portraits um, for, what's the magazine? For a magazine. Not Monaco, yeah? Oh, no, no, I remember already. It's for a wealth management bank, mm. a private banking. Mm. Yeah. So this is a commercial job. Wow. So I remember they paid like $13,000 for mm. three days of work. Oh my God, I was like over the moon. I was like, what the shit? Mm. This is crazy. Mm. Yeah, so I, I got actually my first job from Wing Creative. Then after that, then I got some jobs from Monaco. Wow. Okay, so the New York Times story is that um, I got to know this um, writer from Monaco because I started working with them a lot. And then uh, this guy actually quit Monaco and then he went to New York Times mm. a few years later, mm. which is actually last year, I think. Mm. One or two years ago. Mm, that he remembers you. No, so I got an email from New York Times one day mm. and they asked me to shoot and then they said they were actually introduced uh, to my work mm. by this guy. Mm. Yeah. So that's how I got my job lo, from New York Times. So, but you have done work for New York Times more than once, right? Yeah, like three times, yeah, I think. Yeah, that's why amazing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So... Um, I love the photos. Uh, I, I love the photos you did for the, the KL story. Oh, yeah, yeah. They sent me the KL. It's quite interesting because it happened around the time that I wanted to transition to do a bit less like lifestyle stuff. Mm. So very weird. I feel like I'm very attuned or like something is very attuned. Like like every time I throw out the intention, it will happen. That's how it works, man. You got to throw out the intention. Yeah, very yes. weird. So around the time I, I was getting a bit tired of doing all the monocle stuff, mm. like lifestyle, you always shoot the same like design stuff mm. and it's very meaningless after all. Yeah, then I got this job to go to KL to shoot um, this building that um, Najib, mm. the PM, right? And they pumped in a lot of money, right? Yeah. But it's like not like a white elephant. Scandal, right? Yes. About this IM, one MDB, right? Yes. So that's like a proper story. It's a story, yes. So uh, like like journalism. Yeah. That was something that I wanted to try. Yes. So that happened, no? 
Yeah, mm. so a, a lot of amazing stories la, that happened to me when I threw my intention out mm. into the universe. So to sum it all up, uh, your whole it's journey, one hour already. yeah, to sum it all up, um, this your journey as a photographer, mm. I think from the way I see, I really feel that there is no formula, mm. right? There mm. is a lot of just doing and exploring yeah. and asking. Yeah. And... <laughs> Right, and of course, the mastery bit is very important, like The honing of the craft. That's your one work. Bit. Yeah, like, Your work has to be good, la. Yeah, that's one but whole. That's big the only component. thing you can control, la. Yes. Then the other component is the yeah. selling mm-hmm. and the positioning the and the going out and asking yeah. and talking to people. Mm-hmm. You know, and content marketing. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. I don't know, leh. I think a lot of factors play into it, mm. like luck, timing. 天时地利人和. And you got to have a kind of savviness also. Mm. And these things sometimes come naturally to some people. Mm. Some people just don't have it. Mm. So it's not like we can write um, like a list of things that you can do. Mm. And you can definitely get there. You find your own path. Right. We are like the lighthouse. Right. You can follow some other things. Like you can go and ask. Mm-hmm. Right. Like what I did with Monaco. Mm. And that might lead to some stuff. But other things, your timing, all that, that's really up to you. But... One thing that I think I can say is that don't give up. Mm. It takes a while. And I, I mean that as in like, like, I don't mean like don't give up on photography. I mean like, um, like I will take myself as an example, right? My ultimate thing right, is not photography. It's actually to do what I like and to have freedom at the same time. That's my ultimate thing. Do you think you ever stop being a photographer? Eh... You will always I, photograph, like, I think. But no, I'll always you, take pictures, but yes. I might not always do it for a living. So what's next for Rebecca To? Wait, I haven't finished what I want to say. <laughs> no, what I want to say is that if you want to really do this thing, like this freedom thing, you mm. don't want a 9-to-5 job, mm. don't give up. Mm. You know, I have a lot of friends who quit their job. They really got quit, you know. Then mm. they go and pursue something. Mm. But a year later, I hear that they're back. So you cannot say that they didn't try. Yeah. Yeah, but no. then... They but didn't try long enough, is it? You feel? Don't try, yeah, they didn't try. Persevere. Yeah. Mm. I mean, yes, of course it might not work out for everyone. Mm. But one year is not enough. Not enough. It took me seven years. For me, uh, I think the landscape is so different now. Mm-hmm. But back, back when it was um, quite easy, I would say, or maybe difficult, it was uncharted. So it was easier. Mm. I took two years mm. to start my own business. So now when I coach people, right, two, when they ask even me- Even for you, it took two years. Yeah. So when people, people coach me, uh, not coach me, when I coach my clients <laughs> and then they always want to transit, I always tell them, because they need to have a, a guiding, a frame. I tell them, Mm-mm. unless you are ready to be in this for one, at, at least a year to two, but I think two is where we're yep. going to see the results. Yeah. If you're not willing to mm. give yourself that space and time and invest, you know, then don't do it. Mm. That is my first qualifier. Yep. Anybody who promises you that you can get results in half a year, in mm. three months, you 10x this, you 10x that, or, or cannot. I tell them they are selling yep. you snake oil. Yep. For me, if you want to work with me, mm. realistically speaking, two years. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Anything shorter than that. It's just not enough time for yes. your network to grow. Yes. For word of mouth to have an effect even. Mm. Yeah. Okay, so what's next for Rebecca To? Lighto. Mm. <laughs> hey, speaking. Okay, okay so yes, if there's yes. going to be a manual, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. To teach people, right? Uh-uh. I think you have so much to share with people and you're willing to do it. Mm-hmm. I think that's the key point. 
I know you're working on something, right? Yes. Yes, it's probably as close as the manual as possible. Mm, yeah, I guess. I mean, I have been thinking of doing this for the longest time because right? mm. I love to write. Mm. I have a blog. I have a newsletter. Mm. Um, and I, I dream of having my own book. Right? Mm. So I had, I actually started working on my book. Thanks mm. to Daniel. Yes. Encouragement. Yes, accountability partner. Yes. And the reason why I want you to share on the podcast is also it's another oh, level of accountability. Shit, yes, so man. it's real. So if I don't do it, what, what will happen? Nothing will happen. La. You got to answer you to yourself. You show up at my house, right? And like, hey, <laughs> finish your book. <laughs> like okay. I say, there, yeah. there's no shame in changing yes, your yes, decision. Yes. But if you but put it out there, the intention is real. It becomes more and more concrete. It's more like, uh, this is something that I've been wanting to do for a long time. Yes. So I should just do it. Yes. Okay, tell us, tell us. So I'm writing uh, two ebooks. Mm. Okay, I originally wanted to write like one ebook and mm. put everything together, mm. which is basically like because photography, like we talked about, has two sides, right? Like the business side and then um, the art and craft. So mm. I'm interested in both. Mm. So I thought, oh, I'll write about that. But then I don't know, it just felt like there's too much mm-hmm. to put in one book. Mm-hmm. It can be two books. Mm. So then I couldn't decide which one to start. <laughs> and then Daniel gave me his words of wisdom. What do you say? I say, um, I say you have to decide to decide, yeah. okay? And then whether it's option A or option B, both are going to be correct. Mm. If you put them into one book, it's going to be a good decision. Mm. If you separate them into two different e-books, it's going to be mm. a correct decision for you as well. So just go ahead. And then you say, after you make your decision, right? Mm. You set yourself a time. Yes. And then you don't look back. Yes. Once you commit to a decision. Stop wavering. Yes. Stop wavering. Commit to your decision and don't look back. This sentence alone right, really helped. <laughs> really? Because I, huh? I was in Hawaii. Right? Yes. And I really made that decision that day. Because mm. I really wavered for the longest time. I couldn't get started. Like, mm. okay, the business one first or the art and craft one. Mm. Both I also feel I can write on. Right? Mm. And which one do I feel more like kind of like use my feelings? Mm. So my feelings change every fucking day. Yes. Yeah. So then I decided, okay, I will work on the art and craft one. Only mm. because it comes more naturally yes. for me to, to write. I already have some stuff ready. So I've been working on it not every day. Mm. I don't know when it will be out. Yeah, okay. So mm. consistently working on it. Lah. Yes. That's all you need to do. Yes. So, yes. so if you are interested in this topic, you want to be a photographer, mm. um, wait for my book. Yes. My e-book, not a real book. Like yeah, so more will be, all the sharing that we did in this episode, there will be more of this kind of yes, yes. stuff. In I think we book. can do a, an episode on the craft side. Of yes, the creative bit. Yes, yes. Yeah. And then we want to do one more episode on pricing your work. Yes. That has been a requested topic from you guys. So we're going to do that. So yes. we are running at one hour and seven minutes. Oh my God. So we want to wrap up and we will uh, okay. be sharing our songs. So Songs. Yeah. Okay, I will share the song that made me want to... <laughs> oh my God, really? Yeah, that changed the course of my life. From, oh my from God. somebody who was going to university, right? To like quitting school. What is this song, man? Oh my God. You'll find out later. This is so a this magical song, song. made me want to work in the Hong Kong's music industry. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. This is the song. Yeah. Do you believe in fate? I do. Mm. I do so believe I in fate. It's, it's quite amazing. Mm. Yeah. Okay, my song is simple. It's a Japanese song. It's a beautiful song and I want to wish everybody brighter days ahead. Oh. Thank, thank you. you guys thank and you. see you next week. Bye. Bye. Nimi
看见你这样惊讶也足够。我想的比你多，陪你一起更寂寞。我心的比你强，怎能做你的绵羊？我年纪比你小，不幸快乐找不到。抬起头，开了口，最后我比你骄傲，从此不做你的牢。想不到你的好，记得和你的争吵。想到老可到老，可是和你做不到。如果你爱的比我少，至少我走的比你早。你没有想过我会说分手，除非以为我什么都忍受。就算你这时候。是你不能接受，我先走。我想的比你多，陪你一起更寂寞。我心的比你强，怎能做你的绵羊？我年纪比你小，不幸快乐找不到。抬起头，抬了头，最后我比你骄傲，从此不做你的牢。想不到你的好，记得和你的争吵，想到老不到老。可是和你做不到。如果你爱的比我少，幸好我走的还早。轰轰烈烈的开头，最后我比你骄傲，从此不做你的。可是和你做不到，如果你爱的比我少，至少我走的比你
Thank you so much for staying all the way till the end. If you have enjoyed this podcast, make sure you subscribe to us so you'll be notified whenever a new episode is out, which is on every Sunday. We're now streaming on SoundCloud, Spotify, Stitcher, Castbox, and Drumroll. We're also on iTunes now. Woohoo! It will mean the world to us if you can leave us an honest rating and review on iTunes as this will help greatly increase our visibility and ultimately allow us to reach more people and touch more lives. So thank you in advance. Do something nice for a random stranger today and we'll see you next week. 